Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen. Here we How are. How are you feeling this week? Exhausted. Karen's tired, guys. I'm really tired, and we just wrapped the um, this week's um, back on the block, and I had a fade out. So, um, you know, forgive me, Doug. I'm sorry. Oh, all is forgiven. I'm sorry. Forgiven um, and forgotten. So, uh, so let's speed through the the boulevard. So, Mama, yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. drive because you're sleepy. <laughs> so what's going on? What's happening? What are uh, we talking about? Well, not a whole lot. Uh, our attention is diverted uh, all over the place, and drips and drabs. So we, I, I don't think I watched anything completely that we can really talk about. But I did want to touch on a couple things that we have watched a bit more of. Um, I know last week we talked about the the show Ratchet on um, on Netflix, the Ryan Murphy show. Right. And so we've now seen the rest of the series, or I guess yeah. season one. Um, I mean, the show is doo doo. Like it we is. said last, it is it is a poo poo fest. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's 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 really not good. It's it's a waste of so many so many different things and and so much money. Um, and I'll probably watch seasons two, three, and four whenever they drop and say the same thing. Uh, I have, I, I, I just don't learn. Um, but yeah, it's not really, it's not really any good at all. But it leads me to something else. Okay. Which is the show Glow. Now. We've talked about that. We've talked we about Glow. Talked, yeah, we yes. have. So, and I, I really liked it. I think it came out like straight out of the gate. It was a really solid show. Um, had three seasons and they were getting ready to do a probably fourth and or probably final fourth season um, before COVID had other ideas. And they finally said, no, the show is officially over because um, they just didn't have the budget to do all of the safety measures that um, to adhere to, to like uh, a COVID friendly filming environment between all of the, like all of the intimate scenes between the fighting scenes, yeah, and the sex scenes on the show, like they just yeah, they're 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 you know they're they're that's a hard show to do. That's an impossible in a, show to do in, in social times. distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's too bad. So I just wanted to say a moment um, to to recognize and mourn it. Um, in fairness, both the second and the third season ended in ways that felt like they could have been series finales. Um, so I feel like I'm good with the journey that the show took me on, but I do hope the best for everyone on the writing staff and in that show's ensemble, uh, which, as I said back in 2017, um, cast a lot of non-traditional and truly diverse actresses, uh, and I hope all of them get a lot of work because they were all really, really good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so he, goodbye, glow. But also, Mark like, Marion has had a really rough year, hasn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, shit. Yeah, I, I don't know if we ever said back when it happened that his girlfriend, who was the director, Lynn Shelton, passed away quite suddenly. Yeah. From, from a, a quit, from a, a illness that had only been diagnosed days earlier, um, and she was a favorite director of mine. So yeah, it really. Uh, it's a bad year for Mark. It was a terrible year for Lynn and her family. Um, one recommendation I want to make, because it's one of my favorite movies of the decade, is a movie that she directed called Your Sister's Sister, um, mm -hmm. 
with with Mark Duplass and and Emily Blunt and Rosemarie DeWitt, uh, which I think is a really sharply observed and acted uh, film that was like very special and would have probably been something else in someone else's hands. So, so yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was that's that's the first thing that sort of like went through my head when I saw that they were canceling Glow. I was like, poor Mark. Like this is just like a terrible year for him like just really like the hits keep on coming for him you know obviously it's it's been a terrible year for like all of us you know except maybe a select few yeah yeah um that are ruining it for all of us um (laughs) but like just to have all of this shit sort of happen in the middle of all this like you lose your job you lose you know like you well not your job but you know, his job with Glow is gone, and that was such a that was such a great role for him. Um, yeah, he was very good on it. He was so wonderful, and and it kind of remind like I know his podcast took off, but it really reminded people he is an actor and and comic. You know, like this is like yeah. what he does, and he's quite good at it. Um, you know, so it was great to see him in a role like that, and then also to lose his partner um, just sucks. And I was I was really bummed out he's he's a really great guy and he deserves like all the happiness in the world so i was like really sort of bummed out about that for you know for him yeah no it's very true yeah yeah so 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 you know netflix um maybe more things like glow and less things like ratchet in the future thanks yes. just a thought yes i am um oh i just heard the singer johnny nash died the guy who did I Can See Clearly Now, The Rain is Yep, gone. yep, and he joins today. We also lost... A um, big loss, another, another big loss. Big loss. Um, uh, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen yeah. passed away. Yeah, that is a big one. But, I mean, yeah. I was a, I was a really big fan. Um, yeah. I love Van Halen. That is my wheelhouse of music. But also, I mean, I think Eddie Van Halen is the single great guitarist of my lifetime. Yeah, he's a tremendous guitarist. Um, I saw Valerie Bertinelli put something up on Twitter um, that was absolutely uh, heartbreaking and gorgeous. And um, I guess they had split, though, right? Like They, they divorced, divorced about 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, but they had, yeah. I think a fairly, I mean, I think he had a lot of demons. And I think when Wolfie the Sun was old enough, they kind of split ways so that his problems weren't her problems. But I think they always still cared for each other and had a pretty healthy way of staying in each other's lives and, and parenting Wolfie together. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'd seen a statement she made. Yeah. It was sort of a beautiful statement when she was like, you know, I'll love you forever or something like that. And I yeah. was like, oh. yeah. So I remember when they got together, like I was old enough to remember when they, when they got together and this was like a big deal relationship and they were both head over heels for each other. I mean, it was yeah. like, yeah, they were, you know, you know, really kind of like a wild thing to see play out in the media, you know, particularly with his, you know, his bad boy image and hers, which was not a bad boy, you know, which was, she was sort of America's sweetheart. No, she was a young, yeah, exactly. You know? Um, So it was, that was kind of like my first, my, like my first celebrity relationship that I remember completely <laughs> clearly of like, you know, it, it being in the media and stuff. It's true. No, I remember. Yeah, I remember when they married. I remembered when Wolfgang was born, um, and when Van Halen did a reunion tour in I think two thousand seven, because that was the year I saw a bunch of reunion tours. Um, I saw them, and Wolfgang was actually with the band. He was yeah, one he of was the playing bass. Tours. So yeah. yep. So I saw um, 
both of them on stage together. It's really cute. Yeah. Man, 2020 has just been such shit. I, I mean, we have, like, what, 11 weeks left in the year? Um, well, I mean, how I'm else is like, it going to so, kick our asses? I mean, you know, you ask that like it can't, but it can, so... So I, I don't even I, I don't I don't like I don't even want to put it out there because I mean I will say this somebody somebody wrote an article or something I don't know where I I don't remember where I saw it but it was basically like stop blaming this on 2020 because 20 because you know January 1st 2021 isn't going to like roll around and magically all of this shit is going to disappear but god damn it, I'm hoping that is the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I that would be nice. Okay, so then I'll rephrase it and say, uh, the 2020s instead. <laughs> the, the point is not really that we're assigning blame or that we think there is an end date. It's just enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. Like, this has been, like, relentless. It has like, been. Relentless. It's been extraordinarily rough. Yeah, yeah, it has. It's been terrible. But do you remember in 2016... When everyone was like, oh, this year is so terrible because it started with David Bowie and then Prince dying. Mm. And then there was the election. And then the last 10 days of the year was George Michael and Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. So the year ain't over yet. We need to break that. <laughs> We're calling it on this podcast. <laughs> like everyone, keep drinking your fluids and eating your carrots. And you guys, we're gonna keep rest. getting kicked. We're gonna keep getting kicked while we're down. Yeah, oh. we are down. Make no mistake about it. We are down. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. Do I have anything upbeat I can say? Well, not really, because okay. we've also been watching the new season of Fargo. Um, and I don't like it, so. I don't have much more to say than that. I'll I'll keep watching, so maybe I can give a more uh, detailed review when I've seen more of it. But I think it's uh, off to a pretty disappointing start. Um, and the one thing we did watch, which takes it back to Ryan Murphy and Netflix, is the film version of this the Broadway revival of The Boys in the Band. Now remind me, did you like the revival? On I didn't get invited, so I didn't see it. Oh, okay. So I was, uh, and I don't know, yeah, I don't even know if I would have watched the film version if I had seen it on stage, but they didn't invite critics unless you were Tony voters or like the times. And, um, and it's, the tickets were actually very expensive. So we didn't go. And now we saw it for free because we already pay for Netflix. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I didn't pay real world money to to see the show based on what I saw in the film. And I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the old movie or any version of the play or read the play. Um, I believe I saw the old movie. Who was in that? Well, no names, really. Um, they were really just New York actors. Um, but it was an early film that William Friedkin directed right before he did French Connection. And uh, The Exorcist, uh, which is kind of like made him retroactively the star. But there are no names in it. Oh, because what was the one? Oh, did I see this one? Because I saw no, I maybe I didn't see this one. Hold on a second. Um, no, I didn't see this one. I don't think maybe I did. I don't know. 
it kind of um oh god what was the one with um Mark Lamus was in, which I absolutely love oh, that long-time one. Longtime Companion. Longtime Companion. Yeah, um, I, is, think I think I, a very different movie on a different level. Yeah, I think maybe I might have seen these around, seen both of those around the same time or something, and I'm conflating the two or whatever. But I will say, Longtime Companion is a gorgeous film. Absolutely gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous film, um, and I highly recommend that. So, um, but no, did you see? So, did you see the original? I had seen it when I was much younger, okay. maybe 12, 11, 12, maybe even 13. I don't think I was even that old um, and not since, but I had also read it. Um, and I, I always sort of knew what the story is, which is uh, a bunch of gay friends in late 1960s gather at one's apartment for a birthday party and, you know, drink a lot and and you know reveal a lot of of cattiness and self-loathing um it's a seminal work because it was written by a gay playwright and showed all gay characters and i believe had an all gay cast back then um but but it's a milestone for those contextual reasons and not i think for the fact that it it is a, a particularly well-written play because I don't even think that it is it kind of uh, steals a little bit from who's afraid of Virginia Woolf all the action takes place in one night in an apartment but instead of Virginia Woolf which gives you very specific reasons why even when you think they should these characters don't leave these characters don't really leave and they all stay and and let themselves be you know like have other people berate them um, they sit and wait their turn and while other people can just have monologues in a way that feels very inorganic in the original version and also in this one. Um, the cast is the same from the Broadway play, so it's Jim Parsons in the lead. also includes Matt Bomer and Robin DeJesus and Andrew Rannells and Tuck Watkins and Michael Benjamin Washington and Zachary Quinto in the role that often gets nominated for things. Um, some of them have their moments. Jim Parsons has moments. And then there are some when his character is supposed to be really soused and really nasty that I don't buy him. Um, I don't really buy Zachary Quinto, who's kind of hiding underneath some pockmarked makeup and a jerry curl. Um, Michael Benjamin Washington, of all actors, is probably the one who I think is the best continuously through it, throughout the movie. Um, I mean, I don't need to get super nasty about it, but I don't think it rises very high, nor should it be, you know, remembered very long. That's kind of the long and the short of it. Okay, because I was kind of thinking about seeing it. I was like, oh, I should probably see this, because obviously I didn't see it on Broadway. Um but maybe not. I don't know. It might be worth it. I mean, look, like like we did. You already get Netflix. This yeah. Way, you know, like what me and a lot of my uh, like critic colleagues when we get together, like, well, at least we know what that is, or we're glad to know what that is, which is still kind of the way I feel about some of of those things. Um, <laughs> it is a significant Broadway work. It did have a Tony winning revival, and this is now a more accessible way for people to see what that was. So, you know, I'd recommend you give it a try. Um, if you feel that it is not your thing, 
you don't need to keep watching. Right, I can like, shut it off. It will reveal itself to be something more rewarding two hours in than, right. if, you know, if you're feeling that way 25 minutes in, something like that. Um, and yeah, I don't think I have anything really more positive that I can say, though I would love to, though I would wish to. Um, I know you and I have discussed a couple things that we could talk about. You have mentioned the show on Amazon, The Boys, right? Yes. Um, so that you were is... thinking about watching that. Do you think it's something that should wait for us to both talk about? If, uh, after I've seen it too, or should um, you just go to town? Maybe. Are you, um, were you, a, were you a fan of Supernatural? I didn't watch a lot of it, but I, but I always liked it. And I liked what I saw in the beginning. Okay. Cause this is from the same creator, um, Eric Kripke. And it is such a fun, I, I really enjoyed. Is, I it, only is, it, is it light? Is it fun? Or is it, is it's, it like dark, but fun? It's dark, but fun. Okay. So it's, um, you know, it has the sort of Kripke flourishes with like really great music that times in at just the right spot. And this is sort of like the pop culture sensibility thing is going on. Um, I think that he's like, there are some things that Kripke does that are just absolutely masterful. And those are like two um, you know, how he incorporates pop culture into things in, like, sort of a really epic way. Or, you know, not even, like, pop culture, but almost, like, um, I don't know, zeitgeisty things, perhaps. Um, and mm-hmm. this is, so so this is sort of a really unique take. Um, it's looking at superheroes as though they, superheroes were real. And they were franchises, kind of like the movies are franchises. And how that, and how they would actually behave. Um, if they were, if superheroes were real and they were actually like these celebrity franchises, um, and it would be all about the money and what would life look like and would they really be superheroes? And so it kind of like turns, it kind of flips things. And so you have people who would be the villains are actually, more like the heroes because the villains are kind of the superheroes because they're abusing their superpowers. But nobody really knows this because they're celebrities and they smile and they do good deeds for the camera. Mm-hmm. But off cameras, they're really terrible people. And mm-hmm. and so it's, you know, we can maybe talk about, you, you should watch it and we'll talk about it more. Okay. But I saw, I, I, and I've only seen the first episode, um, but holy crap it was super fun and I could not stop laughing like I thought it was so well done and it was very dark and edgy but very very funny and you're kind of like appalled that you're laughing because you know like somebody just got decimated by a superhero in the most gruesome way and it is still hysterical so um so yeah, I'm kind of like a big fan right now of this, oh, okay, great. this series. So and I was really psyched that we started watching it. And it's weird because it's it it's it just started its second season or it just released its second season. And I had meant to watch it last year when the first season came out. And it was one of those series that just you just totally forgot about. 
you know, yeah, it came, yeah, and, it you came and, and disappeared yeah. and it disappeared. And I think, I honestly think part of it is, and it's got a great cast, like Carl Urban leads it. You know what I mean? Like, isn't this, isn't like a show that I think the media should be ignoring, but I kind of feel like, like the media kind of treats Eric Kripke like shit. Like they are all over somebody like Ryan Murphy, who I think, I think his shit is unwatchable, frankly. And then you have somebody like Eric, Eric Kripke, who is absolutely a bloody genius. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's because he's a little too lowbrow and Ryan Murphy is kind of, you know, highbrow awful. But, you well, know, it's Kripke a genre is thing too. Yeah. It, it, maybe it's a genre thing. But I, I mean, I have really enjoyed everything that I've watched of his, even things that haven't gone anywhere. Like um, he left Supernatural show. He left... Uh, his show running duties at Supernatural to do um, another CW show that was probably ill-advised. Um, I, I think it was about cults. Um, I'm trying uh, to remember um, what it was called. Um, oh, Revolution. That was the one. It wasn't about the cults. It was Revolution, and it was um, uh, kind of like a, 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 a post-apocalyptic um, United States and sort of what happens. And that was, and that was, did not last very long. And it was actually pretty good. It had like Giancarlo Esposito was in it, Billy Burke. Like it was, it wasn't great. Um, oh, J.D. Pardo. Um, but it was pretty good. Um, would it, you know, do I think he should have left uh, Supernatural for that? I don't know, but maybe he wanted to change. Okay, fine. Um, now, was last year Supernatural's last season? I think this year is Supernatural. Okay, it, uh, and then my next question was, has it completed its run? And I guess not yet. No, not yet. I think this is the last, um, this is the last season. Um, and so I kind of feel like maybe that's why, like he's so dismissed and I feel like he should be getting so much more attention. I agree. And actually, it's funny because Alyssa and I were just talking this week about uh, Gilmore Girls had the 20th anniversary of its debut. Um, and I reposted some, uh, an article I'd written about the show a couple of years back um, to, to mark that. And we were talking about how people seem to be, um, I don't know about rediscovering or, or just newly discovering the show now, still. Um, I didn't think that was possible, but okay. <laughs> yeah, people apparently talking about, well... And with that, there's a new backlash to which I am very much uh, not interested in. But um, what's the backlash? That it's just privileged white people on the show. No matter what their internal uh, conflicts are, they're really just all privileged people who take things for granted. And I'm like, then if you don't see what's beneath all of that, then you're not looking. So I don't want to talk to you anyway, is how well, I feel. I mean, I mean, the privilege sure. is acknowledged, but there are yeah, degrees that's the within thing. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that, that I think is the difference. I think that privilege is acknowledged. Um, and I think that it is something that they, I mean, I don't want to say that they grapple with because they do think that there are things that are tremendously glossed over. Um, but that kind of, but that was the show. Do, do you know what I mean? Like it was yeah, that, oh, 100%, that was, the show. That was, that the, was show. the show. That was the show. That was that was the show. And we can't, you know, can't change it. I mean, you know, sort of like we we talk about Melrose Place. I mean, and we do flag that 
there was no diversity. They treat gay characters like shit. Like, you know, like, but also that was the time and that was the show. Yeah, I don't and know. that was the show. I mean, I mean, you know, I think that, um, I think that, I think that can- cancel culture is, you know, I, I think that we need to sort of say, this is, yes, there was no, no diversity, or yes, this was a bunch of privileged, uh, privileged white people. Um, but, you know, I do think that there was some recognition of that in Gilmore Girls. I think there was constant case. recognition of it. And it was a show but, about, it was a show about generations of people who had continual problems right. coming to terms with each other. Right. That right. the grandparents had money is a starting off point and was brought up constantly as, you know, an antagonistic device. Yeah, it was. But it was not. It was not ignored. It was not sugarcoated. But this is what the show was, and yeah. it looked at all sides of the relationship and what made different people tick. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that you know, we can't just dismiss things because we're in right. a very different. We're in a very different political or social, yes. I should say, About social. All of those things. Um, you know, because. Otherwise, like, well, what about All in the Family, right? I mean, back well, in the 70s, I think All in the Family is considered progressive, yeah. That was groundbreaking back then. Uh, what do we think of it now when we look at it? through? Is, is it still considered groundbreaking? Taxi was groundbreaking back then. Looking at, like, like I had mentioned last week, rewatching it. Is there still... Um, you know, is taxi problematic? Maybe it is. Look at Lodka, you know, sure. played by Andy sure. Kaufman. Like, you know, is that portrayal problematic? I mean, Andy Kaufman. Could you is argue, and this is uh, not, I haven't thought of it. Could you argue that some of these things are necessary? Because if we don't have the examples of the wrong, we can never arrive at the right later on down the road. Yeah, but there's never going to be a right. Well, Do you see what I mean? Because the, well, right, the right will always change, right? The right is always the right like, is only what's right right now. To people. Right. It's it's constantly going to change and evolve, right. and I think that's the thing. I mean, I think that as as a society, we should always this doesn't always happen this way, but we should always be progressing forward, right? And I'd like so. To believe that. Yes. If we do a show like Gilmore Girls again, right? How are we then going to address it in this current moment? You know, so, um, and then in 20 years, people are going to take that show to task, right? For not being progressive enough um, or what have you, simply because we are constantly- Because we'll be somewhere else then anyway. And I think that, you know, I think that, I think that this idea of learning and evolution and people's capability to change, um, I don't think that that, you know, we don't come born out of, you know, a body and knowing everything, right? And being able to do the right thing. We make mistakes and we fuck up and we do things that are wrong. and we regret our errors and we correct them and we move forward 
with more knowledge to do better next time, right? That's, um, that's and I, ideally, yeah. And I think that we're not giving people the grace to make mistakes. Absolutely not. Um, and, well, I, and if you can't, then you're, if you can't learn at your own pace, then you will reject the idea of learning and yeah. just not. Yeah, I think I think so. I yeah, and I do think um, this idea, and it's something that I've actually been working on a lot um, with myself um, this year, is giving myself more grace. And I think that that is, mm. you know, and also giving it to others, which means forgiveness, understanding, um, you know, giving them space to make their mistakes and grow from that rather than jumping on their mistakes immediately and saying, look at how wrong you are. That doesn't do anybody any good. You know, whether you do it to yourself or you do it to, to somebody else, you know, I mean, and again, I'm not saying like with somebody like Trump, obviously we should all be like, look at how wrong you are. You know, I mean, you know, but I'm saying with like transgressions where, you know, this is a well-meaning person. Right. And they maybe said something, it came out wrong. They really don't understand something. They really are having, uh, you know, an, or maybe maybe they just had a bad day and they yelled at somebody. You know, um, you don't you don't want to turn around and just be like, you're such a Karen, which we will talk about someday because that bothers the fuck out of me. <laughs> um, I understand. I. Believe you know, as would. somebody who has actually never liked her name, like I've never liked my name um, <laughs> in, like, to begin with. I'm always like, why the fuck did you name me this mom? Like it's so like it's I feel like it's an awful name. And then to like have it associated with like this truly horrific yeah. person, um, you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, as like being, you know, terrible. And I'm like, why can't we call that somebody else? Like, I don't know. Adana. Why isn't that Adana? Yeah. Why does it have to be a Karen? But, you know, I mean, you know, and truly some people are just terrible. Like, truly some people are horrible. And, but I think for the most part, aren't we all trying to do better? Yeah, or or at least our best. Or our best. And, like, maybe our best falls short a lot or often, but I think, I don't know. I just think that there's... Well, there, but it also depends who's doing the measuring. And I, therein, therein lies the grace. I get, I get, well, that's the thing. And I think that there's just like, we are so now ready to attack and hate everybody else. You know, it's sort of like every, every time you walk into a room, it, it feels like, okay, who's the enemy? Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, honestly, that's why pr- pretty much why I don't leave my house. Well, don't you also notice, and Alyssa and I talk about this all the time, no matter what, anyone's opinion is they're always looking for the slight so that they can say a yes but and it's like don't you ever just get tired of finding the flaw so that you can put out what's most important to you on top of what someone else has said i mean you know like the you know the sky is dark yeah but the lights are on like i don't care like it yes, doesn't but. matter yeah well doug yes but <laughs> delete <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't let that one get away. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that there is, 
Yeah, like I think for some people, there's always got to be something to fight about, right? Like it can't just be, it, it has to be an argument. Um, and I think that we've become so, um, so obsessed with the argument and winning the argument that we've lost the art of conversation and communication. Yeah, because I don't think people are truly listening. No, I agree. I agree. Because I think that there, people are not, they're only thinking about the next thing that they are going to say. Right. Like when Which, we talk about bad actors, who are the ones that literally just stand there waiting for their next line, yeah. or their next cue, as opposed to the ones who are present and in the scene and responding to whatever might be happening with the others in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've ever taken like a communications course, um, you know, you know, that listening is probably 90% of communication. Like, like you need to listen. Um, if you're in sales, you need to listen to what your prospect needs and in order to be able, you know, needs and wants in order to be able to deliver on those needs and wants. You know, if you're in, um, in media, you need to listen to the journalists and to figure out what their needs and wants are in terms of stories. And then you also have to go back and listen to your clients or your company and figure out what stories resonate, what stories are being told there that will resonate with these journalists. So, you know, 90% of communications, of good communications, is really about listening and then putting forth whatever it is that you need to put forth, but you're doing so in an intelligent and measured manner because you've spent enough time listening um, and not just being the one who's talking, right? Like, does that make sense? I'm sorry, I stopped listening. What were you talking about? Oh, all right. See, I had to serve you back. I know, <laughs> especially since I, I spaced out on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bygones. Uh, not to diminish what you said yet. I, I, I agree and think that is the heart of it all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I don't, it's, I don't know. I just feel like this world has spiraled, you know, and clearly it has spiraled so bad um, the past few years. And I think November is going to be an absolute shit show. Yeah, I hope we're still alive to keep recording and get you guys through it. I don't know. I just think that... <laughs> I don't know either. I really don't know. I mean, I do think that, like, whatever happens with this election, um, no good can come of it. Like, really, like... Yeah. Wh whoever wins, We're there is going to be... Like, there will be some sort of closure, and there's just a bigger mess that awaits I think. I think one side is going to erupt, you know, into violence I, I really do I don't I don't see anything yeah I've had those thoughts I, there, this is not going to be an easy like you know Trump is not going to let go no. of, of this of the he's not going to let go easy and no. the, um, whole, the whole decision process that will eventually determine anything is going to be very messy yeah and and yes. you know so he's not going to he's not going to let go and if, God forbid he gets in again, what the fuck? Yeah. But, you know, who, like, really? 
Americans really but like you know if he like we're just gonna see a revolt I can't imagine four more years of him I really can't the last the last four feel like four decades I know it's just completely unfathomable to to even consider that um and I I I don't like we never talk about politics but this is like so I don't know. I just feel like at this point, I mean, like, it just comes into not, every aspect of yeah, our life. Like, look at look how many how many podcasts have we done since March alone, where we've just talked about how crazy life has become and how difficult the world has become, and they're all direct consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Of, 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 of the shit administration. I mean, this is a shit administration. This is a bunch of buffoons are running this country, and it is horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying. I am horrified. And um, and it's like, yeah, this is why I don't leave my house. And it's not COVID. I'm not afraid of COVID. I'm afraid of the fuckwads out there. I know. Who are insane. That's it. Yeah, I'm afraid of people. Yeah. I Like, you're, I mean, it just, it, you know, I, my, my, my daughter went and got her driver's, uh, drive, went to her, her, got her driver's license last week. And her dad took her and he was telling me that like there was this dude like waiting outside of the DMV in like full fucking Confederate flag regalia. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, we're in New England. What are you doing? Like, this isn't the deep south. What why why are what? And I'm just like, and I think, what, like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you people doing? Why do you do this? Yeah. I, you know, and, 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 you know, my husband was like, I think people do it just because they want some sort of attention. And I'm like, yeah, there is a, there is a sense of they want to be heard. There is a sense of crying out underneath all of it. And they want to be provocative and they want people to like come up to them and tell them that they're wrong and they want because they want to argue, you know, I mean, it's like, is there that much anger and where is this anger coming from? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a separate podcast of its own. I'm sure. Yeah, I know. But, but yes, there is a lot of anger. There is a lot of anger that has been pent up and there's a lot of anger that, it seems to have been communicated that it's okay to release, but it's not, and it's toxic, and it's ugly, and and now has been going on for four and a half years. And it's dangerous. Super dangerous. Oh my god, yes. We've already seen that. Yeah. 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 It's dangerous. And you know, for anybody to think that you know we don't need reform, uh, it is so desperately needed um, in terms of policing. And, um, you know, I, I always think back to, um, you know, the fact that in the 80s, I guess it was, when they, they defunded all of the um, psychiatric hospitals and yeah. put out all of these people on the streets yeah. and that made up our homeless population, yeah. you know, and that continues to this day. And so I'm hopeful with the defund the police movement 
that they actually can, you know, put money back in towards psychiatric help because truly, truly most of these people on the street are not criminals. They're mentally ill or they are criminals because, because they are mentally ill, yes. you, you know, and they need help. They don't need incarceration per se, as we know it right now. What they need is help. They need psychiatric treatment. They yeah. need medication. They need, um, you know, they need these things that the system cannot give to them. And they probably do need quote unquote incarceration, but in a hospital. And the only reason yeah. why they need the incarcerate incarceration is because they aren't taking their meds when they get released, you know, yeah. and that's why they need the long-term care. Um, you know, if you don't, anyone who hasn't lived with somebody who is truly mentally ill, like truly like with schizophrenia does not understand, um, how important the meds are, A, and B, how easy it is for somebody who is by themselves and living on their own um, to, to skip taking their medication. Yeah. And if they don't have anyone and mentally ill people tend to alienate people that are close to them um, and a lot of them don't have anyone, then they do need to have people looking after them. And that's the use of the hospitals, you know, that that's, or, or the halfway houses or, you know, some sort of, you know, safe environment for them to get the meds that they need so that they can leave, they can live a quality productive life. And so if we can take money from the police and that's not, and you know, we're not saying, no police ever again. Like the police. Right. Do have I mean, that's purpose. the misnomer. Yes. You know, but the police also, let's face it, should not be getting hand-me-downs from our goddamn military. Like right. why, why do, why, like some of these police departments have like friggin' tanks. You know, why are we giving, you know, why are we giving cops like military gear? Why are we outfitting them in military gear? Simply because they've been decommissioned from the army and we need someplace to put them like, like that to me is madness. What, why, what cop needs military gear? You know, yeah. we, we've got the national guard. Should we need a tank to roll through town? Yeah. You know, I mean, Podunk and police department does not need one. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, this is just no, what a candid conversation. I think it's terrific. This is just making me crazy. So, like, yeah, bad superheroes. Superheroes do bad things. Wow, that feels really familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Kripke, he's my hero. <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm oh, so sorry. I guess, you know, we didn't say at the very beginning how, how super tired you were that you would be unfiltered. But, but I like this unfiltered Karen. Oh, yeah. Maybe this is it. I'm tired and I just need to go to bed. Well, I can't shut I, I shudder at the thought of what some of your dreams might be in this state, but, no, I can't but maybe it's that. time. I know. I was having some oddball dreams last night, too. Which I've really been funny. having oddball dreams for months and months now. It was really, oh, really funny. Yeah. I mean, it had to do with, like licking an ice cream scoop and then freaking out because I licked it and it was COVID. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the hell? 
That's weird. That's not really weird. Yeah, the whole thing is just, just life you know, is our brains are doing very crazy things right now. Anyway, and now Karen's asleep. And now Karen's asleep. Who just took it out of me? Well, on that note, though, I think this has been quite a journey for everyone. I think so too. But we're glad you guys are here surviving it with us. Yes, thank you. Better than going it alone. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go to bed. Go to bed, Karen. Everyone else give us five stars. It will save the planet. Yeah, and so next week, maybe next week we can talk more about the boys. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I don't know that we'll watch all two seasons, but we definitely like to give it a try. Yeah, I don't think we let, need you know to watch what we think. Um, Another thing that we're going to give a try, maybe get through, is Emily in Paris, which is Darren Starr's new show on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Um, and not you know, enough of Darren to, with Melrose Place right well, now. Well, I was going to say, I feel like we owe it to him, but um, maybe not. We owe him nothing. Yeah, he's doing fine without us. I know, he doesn't need us right now. Yes. You know, the more I watch Melrose Place, the angrier I get about Sex in the City. Um, wait, it, it, tell me why. I, like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know that I can explain it. But the more I watch Melrose Place, the more I think about Sex in the City and I think about how... As much as I enjoyed watching that in the moment, I feel like if I went back and watched it again, I would absolutely hate it. You would. And people do. And, and talk yeah. about a bunch of privileged white people. Yeah, and people do comment on that now, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. But, but yes. But even beyond that, you know, like that there is something when I think back to it and I'm like, those women are grating, like grating. And I'm and I think about how. You know, even and even back then, I didn't even really like Candace Bushnell and I didn't even really like her column. Like I found like as I'm sort of thinking, no, I thought it was always it, none of these people were particularly likable. And yet th the characters themselves, they 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 weren't particularly likable. And yet they had. How how long a run did they get? About six seasons. Yeah, I mean, six seasons and people. Over seven years, really. So, yeah, yeah and, and, and the movies and people were, were not ready to let them go. And I'm sort of, you know, and now I'm sort of sitting here and thinking about it. And I'm like, but why? But why? You know, and I know everybody sort of talks about, like, the 80s as being, a, like, a toxic decade. And now I'm kind of wondering if maybe it was the 90s that was the toxic decade. Well, I think it ebbed and flowed. And I think it came back around the mid to late 90s yeah like mid to late 90s like early yeah. 90s was a very different time like i mean really when you sort of think about 1990-91 rise of grunge kurt cobain like um and singles and reality bites and you think about that 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 part of pop culture mirroring society and then you jump ahead to something like Sex in the City, and you're just, and it's just kind of mind blowing how, in a few short years, um, that that you know that that changed. Yeah, so I'm ready to roll back into that change again in 2021. 
I know, like, give me some... <laughs> I'm, give me, give some, me some excess, I'm okay. Oh, you want the excess? Yeah, because, you know, we've had deprivation. Oh, I see, I see, oh, I see. I just think culturally, though, I, I think... I think artistically the deprivation gives us more in an artistic sense. I think it does. I just think that can never last for too long. Yeah, I guess that's why it was so short-lived and we ended up with Sex in the City for so long. Yeah, I mean, I think there's worse than Sex in the City, but I think it is um, re- remembered uh, at a higher station than it probably should be. Yeah, I kind of would agree with that. You know, particularly since I couldn't stomach the film. We should, at some point, do a one-off and, and think and talk about, like, Sex and the City, Sex and the City in some sort of bottle episode, especially since, you know, Kristen Davis and Darren Stark, uh, you know, have that connection to our uh, Back on the Block pod. Yeah, we probably... But, I mean, we don't have to watch rewatch anything, but just a deep dive. Yeah, we probably should do that. God, I mean, when, be before, or after the election. I might, I might ask Alyssa to join that because she has some opinions as well. Oh, good, good. All right, I'm gonna go to bed. All right, it's time to put Karen to bed, and it's time to bid you adieu for a week. Thank you for uh, riding this week's roller coaster. Uh, I mean, we really left Hollywood Boulevard and <laughs> we ended up on Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, we speed by these days. <laughs> yeah, thanks for putting up with our bullshit tonight. Yeah, guys, we appreciate it. There'll be more bullshit to come next week. If there's anything else that you guys are watching, do let us know. Um, we're up. We are ready for some guidance of our own. So yeah, we share. we're kind of running out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love. See you later. Take care and good night and have a good week. Bye. Bye.